Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board, as always, today. You can listen online. You can listen on the ESPN app. ESPN app. You download it. You find the Listen tab. And you take us with you wherever you go. It is a beautiful thing. Here's how you get in touch with the program today, 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. We've got a lot to get into on today's program. I do want to take a moment here, though, uh, mention that we are on in the Mohawk Valley. Certainly a scary situation at Utica College today, so we are sending all of our uh, best to them, and everybody gets out of there safe and everything uh, certainly works out as best as it can. Just a uh, unfortunate, sobering reality that we live in today. And you hate to see that it hits home locally. You hate to see that anywhere. But when it's right in your own backyard, and thankfully right now it was just a threat and it was caught and the school acted appropriately and people are you know, getting out of there as of now safe. But it, it's a very tense situation. and uh, it's, it's a parent's worst nightmare to hear even just that, even that just a school is on lockdown. So we are thinking about you. We're sending our best to you. And uh, thanks to all those brave men and women who are doing their thing in law enforcement and making sure everybody gets out of there safe. So our thoughts certainly with everybody at Utica College today. Scary, scary situation, but it seems all is under control at this point. 437-7644 is mentioned, the phone number to get in touch with us. Ah, life on the bubble, my friends. Beating Clemson. On Saturday was a big step forward for the Orange. It was not enough to ensure a berth, a bid, a spot in the NCAA tournament. If that's the play-in game in Dayton or the actual tournament itself, whatever it is, it wasn't quite enough to feel secure about it. There are some bracketologists that do have Syracuse in. There are some bracketologists that have Syracuse out. The bracket matrix, Joe Lenardi have Syracuse amongst the first four out of the tournament. So we go into Brooklyn in the ACC tournament, a place where Syracuse has yet to win a game, having to win at least two to feel really good. Win three, you know, I think you got to feel pretty good. But if you beat North Carolina, not that anybody is stepping over Wake Forest tomorrow, but for those of you that are fond of the must-win expression – Well, yeah, tomorrow would probably qualify because I think if you lose to Wake Forest, 
you're really sweating bullets heading into Selection Sunday. Not sure of what your fate is. If you beat Wake Forest and you beat North Carolina, the Selection Committee's done weirder things before, but I would feel much better about that than a first-round, you know, step-aside to Wake Forest. Syracuse got the 7 o'clock game, which is good because you never want to be in that that noon game because you just never know how teams get going. And if you're the first game and the crowd, you know, certainly Syracuse fans are going to represent in Brooklyn. There'd be a nice lunchtime crowd there. But you want to play at night. You want to play in prime time. You want to play when it feels like it matters. And a 7 o'clock tip time is a lot better for the Orange than noon. There's a lot of things going their way here. They still control their own destiny in some ways, and they did that by taking care of business on Saturday. So we will certainly discuss both that, the Orange's fate, life on the bubble, see what the experts have to say. We'll do some hot takes. We'll go on the blind side, as usual today. Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack is going to join the program at 5.30 this afternoon from Brooklyn, baby. No sleep till Brooklyn. And the AD is there. He will join us to discuss certainly some Syracuse hoops, but all matters Syracuse athletics with the AD. We like to check in with John Wildhack from time to time, and we are going to check in with him today. So a full Monday slate on board. Hope to hear from you on all of it. And, you know, we just kind of started with there the life on the bubble that the Orange have. The good news is they're still there. It just it, It's the simplest of terms. I led my column with it on Sunday on Syracuse.com. That's the meme that I sent out. Not the meme, the gif. I get my memes and my gifs mixed up, you kids and your fancy social media things. Now, the gif that I sent out was what immediately popped to mind when the final buzzer sounded and Syracuse had won that game. And that is, of course, the only good part of the Godfather 3. The only redeeming part of that entire piece of filth that was that movie, which just so shamed the two before it that were masterpieces. And, of course, that is the line from Al Pacino. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. You lose to Boston College on Wednesday. You look at what Clemson had done, what they were looking to seal up as a top-four seed in the ACC tournament, a good offensive team coming off a good win over Wake, or, or pardon me, over Florida State. And as a Syracuse fan, you're like, look, they've got one at home here. And they had great chances to win, but they needed so many things to go their way. And I remember saying this on Friday, and I said, as much as I don't want to see this from an aesthetic standpoint, because I'd rather watch a basketball game, I felt like Syracuse's best chance was to go back to that monkey wrench approach. Because what we had heard about Clemson, we talked to a couple of people last week, including our guest on Friday, who covers Clemson on a regular basis. And Kelly, whose last name is escaping me at the moment. Shame on me for that. (laughs) It'll pop in my head in a second here. But we talked to our friend Kelly, who does radio down there. She writes for orangeandwhite.com. And, you know, it was the simplest thing to bring up. And a few people that, you know, I had read and and talked to about Clemson, it sounds pretty simple. But if they don't hit shots, they're vulnerable. They're not a team, and as good as Thomas was inside, and he was dominant at times inside. But if Clemson's out of their rhythm shooting the ball, you can get in that game and you can make it a game. 
And neither team, which just seems to be the pattern this year, every time I look up with about, you know, 14, 15 minutes gone in the first half, the shooting percentages for Syracuse and its opponent are always bad. It's always something that makes you cringe. It's always one team's at 30%, the other's at 34%. It's just that's what Syracuse can do to a team, and they weren't shooting well themselves overall at that point. So what they had done is they had pulled Clemson kind of into that mud hole with them. Clemson could not hit threes, much like some teams that Syracuse had played recently couldn't hit threes. Boston College, not a good example of that. They did hit their threes. They hit 14 total in that game. And that is the difference between a team that gets rolling, builds confidence, kind of puts their foot on a team's throat versus a team like Clemson. Now, again, they were getting the ball to Thomas inside. Marquise Reed eventually got going. Syracuse got enough in the first half to stay in it. They got to the free throw line. O'Shea Brissett was just brilliant that entire game. You knew the inevitable Tyus Battle second half surge would come, and it did, and he scored 14 points. Frank Howard was kind of the missing element of the big three. He did hit a couple of three-pointers in that game, but 4 of 14 overall, I would put him more in a category of kind of a meh game for him, although he did not turn the ball over. He also just had one assist. There was one big thing that Syracuse needed in that game. They needed a fourth. For the first time in the last three games, someone other than O'Shea Brissett, Tyus Battle, or Frank Howard, and this sounds ridiculous to say that it would be a huge factor, but this is how Syracuse can beat teams. For the first time in three games, somebody scored more than six points that did not have one of those three names that I mentioned. Merrick Dolzhai was great in the first half on the offensive end. And then as the game went along, you could see Pascal Chukwu, who didn't even put the ball in his hands to shoot it until the free throw with a minute 30 to go, and he hit two crucial free throws at the end of that game to put Syracuse up 54-50. But the, the, the consecutive blocks, I mean, of all the plays that came out of that game, Pascal blocks DeVoe, hits the deck, with Frank Howard, barely has time, and this is a seven foot two human being, barely has time to spring up, get up, get his arm up, and block another shot. This one goes into the crowd. Now, there's still like six and a half minutes left at this point, but right then and there, you said, okay, now that's a statement. As good as some other players were, and we mentioned Tyus got going offensively, O'Shea was brilliant the entire game. Merrick quieted down in the second half on the offensive end. So you needed a fourth on offense. And it just goes to show you, Merrick Dolzhai scoring even just eight points, he had seven in the first half, is enough. So what I'm wondering now is what this makes Syracuse as a postseason team. Because we have now entered... For those of you that love titles on things, well, yeah, it's must-win territory because it's one-and-done territory now. If you don't win, you're done. In this week's case, the ACC tournament, if you don't beat Wake Forest tomorrow, you're not making the NCAA tournament. That's the thin line that Syracuse straddles right now. That's the position they've put themselves in. I think if you've listened to me for a number of years, you know how I feel about getting extra credit in conference tournaments. I think it's nonsense. I think that you have a four-month regular season 
to prove your worth as a tournament team or not. And whether you get hot in a conference tournament or not does not determine what kind of team you are, okay? Despite how I feel about that, they count them. It matters. The committee will certainly consider that if Syracuse can beat Wake Forest and get a shot at North Carolina and defeat them. It all counts. As I said, it is a four-month resume. So you've got to count that in the conversation. But to be on that line kind of shows you. Now, that's resume-wise. That's quadrant-wise. That's RPI-wise. I've always felt like this is a team by the way they play, that deserves to be in the tournament just to see what they can do. Because what this Syracuse team does, more often than not, and they've certainly had some step backs, Boston College notably, is they defy the odds. They have three offensive players. They get just enough from a fourth. They get a gargantuan performance from Pascal Chukwu in the, you know, others receiving votes category, if you will. Like, you look at his box score, and it doesn't smack you in the face. But all four of those block shots were big. The consecutive blocks that I mentioned were huge. The free throws were big. His presence down low, as good of a game as Thomas had for Clemson, Pascal altered shots. He made people move. He was better on defense. You felt his presence in that game. Syracuse can scrap by and beat teams like this. Now, can they beat North Carolina like that in Brooklyn? On a neutral court, I'm as curious as anybody to see. Now, i got to get to a break here in a moment, but I'm very curious to see how and if Syracuse breaks through a barrier that they haven't broken through yet. And I saw Matt Park tweeting with somebody about this yesterday, and I think Matt kind of brushed this off a little bit more than he should have because somebody said something along the lines of, well, they've never won an ACC tournament game, and Matt's like, you're aware that's only three games, right? Yeah, we're aware that's only three games, but that's pretty darn significant that you have bowed out of the tournament three times since you've been there. Remember, the other time they banned themselves from postseason play altogether, so they didn't even play in it. That's not something to just brush aside. I will follow that up by saying this, it feels like it's time for that trend to end. It feels like the cards are lining up based on how they're playing, based on who they're playing. And I'm telling you, the start time of this game was important. You don't want the noon game. You don't want to lead things off before a half-empty arena on a Tuesday at noon. You want the night game, and Syracuse got it. That will give people enough time to get there, The New York alums and those that will take the short drive from other points around Brooklyn to get there, have time to get there, will get there. The crowd will be in heavy favor of Syracuse. Now, remember, Syracuse has lost some games in New York City in recent years. Okay, It has not become the automatic home away from home that you would think it would be. But the cards are all lining up for this team to take care of business to get to the game that matters. Wake Forest and Pat will call and say it improves our RPI and yada, yada. No, you got to beat Carolina. Beating Wake, to me, and if I'm wrong on this, I will eat crow. But beating Wake alone is not enough to feel good about getting in. If you beat Wake and Carolina, and we can argue about this bubble team and that bubble team around you, that feels like it's enough to me. That's four quadrant one wins. That's two top 25 wins. 
Carolina has slipped a little bit here towards the end, losing to Duke. They fall to a six seed, but that's still a high-quality win. That feels like enough to me. But I'm not the committee. 437-7644, so we will talk certainly more about this, how Syracuse beat Clemson. We'll go on the blind side later in the show. We've got hot takes to come. We've got John Wildhack later in the program. we got you out there in radio land, ready to chime in on things. I It's it's everywhere I, I went today. It's bouncing around doing a bunch of things. There's just one thing on people's mind. Are they in? Are they in? Are they in? I wish I had the answer for you. I wish I could just put my hand on your shoulder and say they're in. But beating Wake Forest and that alone, that's not enough. Beating Wake Forest and North Carolina should be enough. You win three. I'd be stunned if they didn't get in in that sequence. But again, this is this is a committee of people in a room, and we're leaning on them to put emphasis on that conference tournament. We're leaning on them to favor Syracuse over certain bubble teams that have similar resumes or just better resumes or similar resumes. I think we've learned not to tempt fate the past few years. When you think they're in, they're out. When we think they're out, they're in, and they go to a Final Four. We've run the gamut here. We've really run the gamut. So why don't they just go win the ACC tournament and ensure they get in? With six guys, that's going to be pretty difficult, though. All right, let's break. We'll come back after this. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. When we started the year, I think we were, once Torian left, people thought we were going to be 14th or 15th or 13th in the league. I mean, I don't care where we finish. We're a game or two out of sixth place or someplace. I mean, it's the, it's not really what your number is. It's you know, how close are you? We're right there with a lot of people. And Syracuse is certainly hoping that's the case. As they go to the ACC tournament, because what says the ACC more than Brooklyn, baby? By the way, I wanted to mention this. Uh, Kelly Gramlich was our guest on Friday. Sorry about that, Kelly. I had a temporary brain crap there. Yes, yes, I deserve it. She was great, by the way, too. How could I forget her? She was fantastic. Gave us some really good insight on Clemson. She's probably never going to come on the show again because we had her on for football, and she, you know, mentioned this when we talked to her on Friday. So Clemson fans didn't want me to come on with you because the football team beat Clemson, and then the basketball team beats Clemson. And, you know, that that's all for Kelly. I guess every time we have her on Clemson loses. So she's probably going to say no. The next time we ask Clemson still did end up as a four seed despite the loss because North Carolina lost. So they fall down to the six line. So look, the path is this wake forest tomorrow, seven o'clock North Carolina, who is a six seed. That would be yes. Nine o'clock games, but you know what? I'll deal with the nine o'clock games if it's something that Syracuse needs. Because the Nooners, while they're great for, you know, to skip lunch around here for a couple hours and everybody's watching the game and, and work productivity just plummets in Syracuse, New York when they're playing that early game in the either what used to be, of course, the Big East tournament, now the ACC tournament. This is better for them to play late. 7 o'clock game, Carolina would be a 9 o'clock game should they win that game. Then you get Miami, who's a three seed. And that is a 9 o'clock game. And that's what Jim Beheim was saying. 
due to the log jam that the conference ended up being, look, Syracuse at the Dome, I never felt like they were going to beat Carolina, but they certainly were in that game. They certainly were able to keep pace with Carolina, play that up-tempo style, score, and at least threaten to beat that team. On a neutral court, air quotes, that if by the time you get there, the momentum is starting to build, the fans in the area that were not there on Tuesday will want to be there for that game because it means everything Carolina fans travel. There will be a Carolina crowd there because their fans will come to New York City for this thing, and it's not like Syracuse is going to own the building. But the, the, the point is there will be energy in that building. So it won't really be a neutral court. Sometimes you play like that noon game on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and as much as Syracuse fans can be loud, it then it feels like a neutral court. And I think that's been the problem with Syracuse in this thing in the past. Like when you go to Greensboro, and while Syracuse fans represent, that feels like a neutral court. You've got to find something in between. Wake Forest, Syracuse is certainly going to own that crowd tomorrow. And it's an important game. Be wary of the team that has nothing to play for, or be wary of the team that has everything to play for. You wonder how motivated Wake Forest is going to be for this thing because they're certainly out of the bubble picture. They're certainly out of the NCAA tournament picture. They're not a team that can make a run. Wake Forest cannot win the ACC tournament as a 14 seed. You're telling me they're going to go through Syracuse, then Carolina, then Miami, then what would likely be Duke, and then you know right on through? I mean, that's not a team that can do this. But they do want to go out with some pride, right? They do want to. That's the beauty of the ACC tournament. It gives you that one last parachute to pull. Who's motivated, who's not. But Syracuse is, they're not desperate. That's not the right word to use. But they certainly need that game more than Wake does. And then you get to Carolina. And Syracuse certainly wins the desire department. North Carolina loses the ACC tournament. It's it's a pride thing. They don't want to, but they're going to be fine. They're in the tournament. It might affect their seating. Somewhat, but it's. I'm always curious to judge these things. Like, who wants it? And Syracuse, of any team left here, needs this more than almost anybody. Certainly in the double digits, I think Notre Dame qualifies there too. And they get Pittsburgh, so they get a nice easy toss-up in the first round. And then they'll get Virginia Tech after that, so... But of all the teams that are in legit position to make the tournament and just need the extra push from the ACC tournament, you can make the case that Syracuse needs it and wants it more than anybody. So they've just got to cash that in. They've just got to cash that in. Wake is not enough. Wake and Carolina should be. Here's Jim Beheim on Saturday after went over Clemson saying they've got to earn some stripes when they go down to Brooklyn starting tomorrow night. Well, we played pretty good this year. I don't think there's you know, been a, that much of a variance, you know, even though we lost. Played really good against North Carolina and North Carolina State. Played really good. Played good at Boston College. They just made 14 threes, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing we can do about that. But And they're good. They're a good team. They're in a two-point game at Florida State today. So, um, you know, everybody's good in this league. And, you know, Wake Forest had us beat us once and had us – chance to beat us here and Georgia Tech beat us so we don't have anything easy we got to go 
earn whatever we can in New York and, and see what happens. They've never had it easy all year long, but Jim is right to point out they were in it against NC State. They were in it against Carolina. The only they were not in it are a few. BC were making all those threes as close as that game was at times. I mean, they pulled away, and you just knew the gap was too strong to overcome. Virginia certainly was a team Syracuse just wasn't going to beat. So now you've got to do it again, and you've got to play that style. You're going to go from you know having to throw the monkey wrench in the equation again like they did against Clemson to if you're going to beat Carolina, provided you beat Wake Forest like you need to, you're going to have to run, you're going to have to score. You're going to need the big three, you're going to need a fourth, and you're probably going to need a fifth in some capacity to score when there's opportunities there. There is still time for Matthew Moyer to contribute something here. I don't know what Barama can give you because he just can't jump. He's just that knee tendonitis is limiting how much he can play. And Pascal Chukwu, that was not a problem on Saturday because he had a great overall game. But boy, if there's any a time for Matthew Moyer to give Syracuse a little kick, I mean, he's getting enough minutes that you've got to contribute something. He's the he's the missing piece. He is the missing element, and I still don't understand it. I don't. I mean, we know who the primary scorers are. Sometimes Tyus, Frank, and O'Shea kind of know that and don't share the ball, and, and the ball movement isn't what it should be, and But, boy, if you are on the court for 16, 18, 20 minutes and you walk off and the box score says you had one rebound in that time, that just befuddles me. And it's not like Moyer's like, okay, well, the box score is lying, but he's doing so many things out there. He really isn't. And I hate to harp on that, but if you can go to New York, get what you need from the big three, get enough from Pascal, Merrick Dolzhai, continues to just chip in somewhere in that six- to eight-point range, and Moyer wants to step up and take advantage of teams that have to be sleeping on him, then that is just an added push that the Orange will need. It's not something that they need to rely on. It's not going to be a difference maker, I don't think, but it would be an X factor they don't have right now, and they need right now. Because this is tournament play. It's consecutive play. Two might be enough. Three would be beautiful. Because that's, let's see, you got three quadrant one wins in your back pocket now, one ranked win. You beat Wake, Carolina, Miami's the path. Now you got five quadrant one wins. You've got three ranked teams that you defeated. But as Jim Beheim says here, it's all in the committee. How much emphasis do they put on conference tournament wins and the unknown, you know? We, if we knew, we, we, we wouldn't be sweating it out right now, would we? We just have to play and see what happens. Nobody knows. It's up to the committee. It's a tough call. There's a lot of teams that are close. We've got some good quadrant one and two wins, and we have no bad losses, and we won on the road in tough places, Louisville, Miami. But, uh, you know, let's, let's see what happens. And that's all we can do. Not helping the stress level around here, right? Lose tomorrow, uh, we will watch, but they're not in. That gives the committee a reason to, in what is, you know, a tight race here, an episode of The Bachelor where you're having a a tough time deciding between three or four candidates. That gives you an easy reason to scratch them off. No, they're done. Just to the finish line, but couldn't get quite across. Beat Wake, beat Carolina. If you want to get wild, beat Miami. Now you're giving the committee something to chew on. 
Now you're giving the committee something to consider. Now you've got a resume that you can hand in and feel really good about. You lose to Wake, you're handing that thing in and you're praying for a C plus. You're playing, you are praying for the play-in game, which for years I felt the play-in game is not the tournament. It's just a gimmick to, you know, put something up there. It's like the warm-up before the real tournament, but Syracuse goes to the play-in game. I've always said that's the real tournament, right? Every Syracuse fan in the world. Oh, no, that's the tournament. I've always felt that way. Absolutely. It's better than the NIT. It's better than the NIT. But, man, if they play four game, five games in the NIT, that might be good for them. No. Stop. Just, just, just stop right there. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Stop with your filthy take there. No, I'm telling you, man, they could really bond as a team in the NIT. Just, just no. Just, That's just dumb. Please stop with your nonsense. Please. On that note, we will break. We'll do some hot takes coming up. John Wildhack, he's the AD at Syracuse. You knew that already. He's going to join us about an hour from now from Brooklyn, from the site of the ACC tournament. So we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to hearing from you. As the show goes along here at 437-7644, the text line is 288-0644. You're on the blocks. Stay right there.